G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Let's draw some attention today to a growing suppression of Christian faith that's taking hold in the nation of Vietnam. Now, it's always been tough for the church to get a real foothold in Vietnam because of restrictions nationally and in local communities and because of tribal issues. Well, many Christians face exclusion, they face harassment and discrimination for their faith. Let's get an update on developments in Vietnam. The Australian CEO for Voice of the Martyrs, Tony Benjamin, is back with us. Tony, welcome to 2020. Thank you for having me, Neil. Tony, you were in Vietnam earlier this year, and so when we talk about the regime that's in control there, and there are other dimensions, aren't there, when we talk about uh, even local communities and the challenges that come from tribal groups, uh, there's there's persecution on a lot of levels for Christians in Vietnam. Yes, they are. And, um, you know, as somebody who's lived in Vietnam, and I've spent a few years in Vietnam, and, um, you know, when you live in the south of Vietnam, it's, it's quite an idyllic place. And on the surface, many of us do not realize what goes on behind the scenes with mainly the locals. Because as an expat, you can function pretty freely. Although we attended a church there, which was an expat church, which was a foreign church, a legal church. And the restrictions even at the church were quite stringent for us practicing as expats. So for the locals, this is now quite a different situation in that, um, as you said earlier, you have the tribal situation and then you have how the law is applied in those local areas. And the laws are applied in a pretty draconian, free-for-all manner in that it depends on who governs that area as to how efficiently or how uh, stringently the laws are applied. So you may find in certain areas uh, pastors can get away with free movement going from village to village preaching the gospel. As long as they're not upsetting anybody else, they're fine to function. But then again, in other areas, you'll find that that does not apply. So the rules are that the pastors, if they want to move from village to village now, they have to actually put in an application as to where they want to go, when they want to go, and why they want to go. And 99.9% of the time, that gets rejected. So they have to find other covert means of moving around. And normally this is by night. So this is a relatively new development, the idea of restricting movement of Christian pastors uh, between villages and with the goal, no doubt, of stamping out the expansion of Christianity in villages and through towns and the communities, uh, particularly in the central and north parts of Vietnam. That is correct, yes. And you know, Vietnam, if you had spoken to me about Vietnam five years ago, I would say, wow, Vietnam is such a developing country, which it is, which it is. But here's the subtlety of the communist system now, that they watch and monitor every single thing that goes on. 
to the point now that if you apply for a Vietnamese visa, a visitor's visa, you have to tick the, they, they've actually added a section of where you have to state what your religion is, which I found quite surprising. I was, wow, look at, you know, this is something new. Why do you think they would want to know that? Because they'd want to try and follow and track everybody's movements in that place. And um, that's the communist system. That's what's developing now. And as you said, they do feel and find that if they can limit Christian movement, then they limit the growth. And, of course, when you've got the newest technologies, as no doubt they would be implementing even in Vietnam, where you've got facial recognition uh, cameras, uh, these sorts of things are used by governments. And uh, just recently we were talking about China. Of course, that's that technology is being used there as well. But uh, using technology and uh, even using soldiers based in villages uh, to enforce the way that the regime wants to treat uh, those who are interested in expanding their religious foundations. That's very true, yes. And what your listeners may or may not know is that the Vietnamese military owns three telecommunications um, centers across the world, including Vietnam. So they have the biggest telecommunications uh, organization in Vietnam, and then they own two others outside of Vietnam. And this is quite interesting why the military would want to own a telecommunications center, but it's also obvious in that they do want to track people's movements. And when you went to Vietnam three, four years ago, you could buy... Uh, a SIM card of the street. That's gone. That's ended. That's finished now. So like with everywhere else in the world, they've come to terms with the fact that they, they won't allow that any longer. All mobile phones got to be registered. The government in Vietnam, if they're having a demonstration in the city, they shut out all social media. Um, they shut out anything like um, WhatsApp or Facebook. And they, and they do restrict your activity on those social media platforms. But your phone, your normal phone calls, all these things are monitored. They're monitoring them all the time. Come back to movement between towns, because if you're a Christian pastor and you're reaching out to a nearby town, you've got to travel there if there's going to be any level of discipleship that goes on as we understand the way the church grows. But these pastors, if they are caught uh, moving from one town to another to do this discipleship, they're being, uh, they're being fined for that activity. Uh, what sort of fines are they facing, Tony? The fines they're facing are in the region of 500 US dollars. And what they're doing is they're imprisoning them for a few weeks at a time. And um, if, they, if they do pay the fine, they will release them after two to three weeks. That's after having treated them badly, malnutritioning them and beating them up. Uh, they will release them. But the pastors are saying, firstly, we don't have the money to pay. Secondly, if we do come up with the funds to pay, they will just, you know, continue to pick on us, arrest us, and expect us to pay again. So they're refusing to even pay, and they say, we have to sit here for six months, we're going to have to sit here for six months. But what they've done now is, even if the pastors do not pay, and they keep them there for six months, they then have a debt afterwards for the time that they spent in prison, because they're saying now that it's costing money to have them there. 
So now the pastor sits with a debt after six months imprisonment. So it's a crazy, crazy system that they have there. Now, I imagine it's not just Christians, but anyone who is outspoken against the government. Uh, We don't often think of uh, Christian pastors as being people who are subversive or speaking against the government, but clearly there are those who are interested in discipleship, and then there are those who are interested in social change and in political change. So no doubt that's where the real pressure comes from the government in trying to stamp out this form of mission. That's very, very true. And I think there's a fine line. Um, and you're finding that what the government's thought pattern is here, that if people like a pastor can command a congregation, he has a say and he's got power. They do not want that power to be used in any way that's going to come against or speak against the government. You've, we find in areas where the the military and the police allow pastors to have their meetings. The one thing they do say is, as long as you do not embarrass me or the government, we'll let you do what you do. So there's an indicator of where the motivation is already. And Tony, how, as Christian believers in Australia, do we pray for brothers and sisters who are under this sort of persecution in Vietnam? You know, much the same, and this is a common thread that we find throughout the persecuted world. People don't ask you for anything but for us to pray for them. And in praying for them, the church has to really come together to be a voice for these people. We can help where we can by providing literature, providing resources, providing some relief in a way. But ultimately, prayer is the most powerful weapon that we have. And the more people are praying into the situation, the better the situation will become. So we ask people to continue to pray for them and to pray for them so that God can strengthen them so that they can have the resolve to see this situation or these situations through, but also for them to get the strength to continue because as you can imagine, for a young Christian, with, with this opposition coming against them, it's quite easy for them to back away and go back to their old ways. So we ask people to pray for them, to give them strength, to give them the resolve, so that God can be there with them and help them through this, through this situation and that they not be forgotten. Well, Tony Benjamin, great hearing your heart once again on another nation that is facing tremendous and increasing persecution uh, from a communist regime government and uh, from another set of dimensions that are unique to Vietnam as well. I'll point people to the Voice of the Martyrs website where you can get some more details about what's going on in Vietnam as well as a number of other nations uh, where Voice of the Martyrs is working. It's vom.com.au. Voice of the Martyrs, vom.com.au. Tony Benjamin is the Australian CEO of Voice of the Martyrs. Tony, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us once again today on 2020. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.